Okay, welcome to the Summer Camp Programming Podcast. I'm Kurt, and this week, Chris cannot be with us. Uh, He will be back for the following or for the next episode. But today, I've got a guest on. I'm really excited about this because we're just going to talk programming, and it's going to be great. So I have with me Stephen Snacks Smigelski. Stephen works for a camp called Pally Adventures Camp in California. In fact, you know what, Stephen, you could do a better job in introducing yourself and what Pally's all about. So I'll, I'm just going to go ahead and let you do that. I appreciate that, Kurt. And uh, good job on getting that last name correct. I can't tell you how many times people just kind of start mumbling through uh, the Smigelski. I've gotten <laughs> Smigel, Smigelski. Uh, so nice job getting on the first run through. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but yeah, so I work with Pally Adventures. We are a specialty summer camp in Southern California, located in the San Bernardino Mountains, uh, right at the top at about 6,000 feet. And our main programming during the summer is, as I said, a specialty camp where we focus not only on campers choosing a specialty to focus on for their week, but also being able to kind of create and cater their own schedule every afternoon. Uh, So we offer everything from high octane action adventure to creative and performing arts and everything in between. And we're constantly trying to uh, push ourselves to create more engaging, more inventive programming and trying to do things that most other camps uh, are either not quite ready for or using the environment that we're in to really capitalize on creating memorable experiences that help foster that independence and growth that we look for in all kids. We are a co-ed camp, residential camp experience, and we work with ages about 8 to 16 uh, from campers all over the world. Now, did Pally start off as a day camp? Yeah, so our owner, Andy Wexler, uh, he started Pally as the Pally Day Camp uh, back in the 1990s. He had spent a summer as a counselor at another camp and decided he wanted to run his own. So he started off as a day camp, and that's actually a lot of people wonder why we're called Pally when we're not in the Palisades, and that's because the original day camp was in the Palisades. Uh, and then he bought a camp property for, that used to be Camp Owongo, and that's what's transformed into the Pally Adventure Summer Camp uh, site. We don't, we no longer offer day camp services. We are exclusively a uh, residential summer camp during the summer, but by having this property by having these facilities we've been able to expand and we also have uh, an incredibly ama- an amazing oe program that we run throughout the school year as well as a retreating conference center that we run uh, on the weekend so it all runs on the same site so we're open every single day of the year running uh, different programming and offering different um, activities and different kind of ways of engaging in nature and in the environment throughout the year our OE program, it's that school field trip, science, leadership, learning through doing experiential education. Summer camp becomes this wild extravaganza of kids having the time of their lives. And then those retreat centers are really a grab all a la carte what you want to do here. We work with everything from uh, school groups to religious and retreat groups uh, all year round. How long have you been there? I came out to Pali to work their OE program originally in their spring season of 2013, I believe. Okay. Uh, I did their spring season, which was about 20 weeks, and then I actually went back to uh, my previous summer camp, Camp Chinjacook in upstate New York, did a summer there, or another summer there, I should say, and I then stayed on, helped them kind of do a little work with their OE program, but in upstate New York, the OE season is pretty short because those winters come in pretty quick, especially in upstate New York, where you don't have like the city population you can transport or travel to you. So I stayed a little longer, helped my grandmother winterize her house, and then I went back to Pally. 
uh, to do their OE season. I decided I wanted to come back. So I skipped their fall, came back for their spring. At the end of that spring, one of the administrators had told me, hey, you should uh, talk to the adventures team. You know, they have a position open that I think you'd be really good at. It was uh, at the time their head counselor role. And so I decided to have a conversation with um, Daniel Hammond or Hams, who's the uh, camp director. And I was offered a job uh, about 24 hours later and I took on that position. And I've been here every summer ever since. Um, it was about 2016, uh, 2015 was my first summer. And then 20 at the end of 2016, I was offered the assistant director position to work with Pally Adventures year round. Let's get into the programs of Pally uh, Summer Camp, which you do, which is high adventure. Uh, so tell us, have you created some of these programs yourself? We work as a team here. Okay. So we've had I mean, I mean, you, you've, you've had new programs since you've started. Let's put it that yes. way. Yeah, okay. 100%. Uh, we've had a, quite a few new programs. We tend to try and add new programs or reevaluate the programs that we're offering every other year or so because it lets us try new programs, see how they're doing, gives us a year to kind of breathe with them, redevelop them, see how we can get them on track and really decide if it's in line with our mission and if it's something that we can do well. Uh, you know, part of our motto when it comes to programming is we look at what can we do and how can we do it better than anyone else. Uh, if we can't reach those goals, if we can't try to reach those goals, then that's not the program for us. Now, as a specialty camp, we have over 28 specialties that kids get to choose from before they enroll with camp. And their specialty is what they'll do every morning, and they'll spend every morning with that specialty team and the other kids who pick that specialty. And again, it goes from the entire spectrum. We've got things like extreme action sports, secret agent camp, but we also have stuff like fine arts, flying trapeze, and rock star. Now, some of the newer programs that we've uh, implemented uh, just this last year, we added an aviation program where the kids learn about the properties of flight. They create their model planes, and they actually go on a helicopter ride from Big Bear Lake, and they actually fly over camp. Oh, wow. Uh, last day, which is, yeah, it's definitely one of the more popular ones, especially with our junior campers. Uh, we also started a comedy specialty which that was a big gamble. We weren't sure how we were going to be able to pull that off. But, you know, we got an amazing director who had actually um, been a part of the Pally community previously. And, you know, it was a bit of a smaller program. But I think it was great. It let those kids really get that one-on-one -on -one attention and really get to develop. Uh, and effectively, they got to perform a live act in front of the entire camp. And, you know, nothing really boosts someone's um, confidence than having, you know, an audience of over 400 of your peers just go wild for how much they love what you're doing. And that's, it's an amazing experience. There was a lot of uh, roasting of the directors for sure. Uh, <laughs> took that with a pinch of salt, uh, but that was definitely an amazing one. We also furthered our trapeze program and went to a more circus specialty. We're looking to potentially combine those into kind of a similar uh, entity next year. We added a wacky sports specialty, which was, you know, think of, you know, those, those classic camp games mixed with those, you know, PE games that were kind of those rainy day, we're inside, what are we going to do? Uh, but then add it to a camp setting. So we were playing, you know, gaga ball with an eight foot wide uh, inflatable ball. We had these gigantic cool. tennis rackets and all these kind of crazy obstacle courses the kids would go through. And then speaking of obstacle courses, we ended up um, building a two story Ninja Warrior rig and parkour park. Nice. So we had a Ninja Warrior specialty. 
Yeah, which is impressive. It's always fun because, you know, staff look at it and they're like, I wonder how far I can make it. And, you know, we kind of were holding ourselves to um, different goals of how who could complete the course and who could do it in the quickest time. And, you know, those kids, they are especially those younger campers who are just like moving around like it's nothing. They just like put the adults to shame with how easily they just kind of go through the monkey bars. And it's like, I remember when I was on the playground, I used to be able to do this. And now yeah, you right. know, 20 years later and a couple hundred and a hundred pounds more, it's a little bit more difficult to swing um, as easily. So those are some of the new programs that we've added uh, this year alone. And then about two years ago, we incorporated a street art program where the kids learn how to use spray paint and graffiti to express themselves artistically. They get to create stencils, work in murals. We also added a virtual reality element to that program. So the kids get to um, put on a Oculus Rift and they get to go use a program called King Spray to practice because uh, you can't really erase your um, spray paint. So it lets them get really creative, really um, kind of explore the space and get uh, inventive uh, because it's, you know, it's in virtual reality. So there's no real consequences if they make the mistake and then they can go out and do it on the mural boards. Sure. And then before that we had um, the last kind of big wave was adding LARP and magic. Uh, LARP's been incredibly popular. That's live action role playing. And then our magic specialty, we've got a gentleman named Zoltar. He works at the magic castle and he, really just completely runs that show uh an absolutely great magician and a huge fan of bill murray and thusly has helped kids become fans of bill murray's which means that we are making the world a better place <laughs> it's funny that you talk about the street art because we had a guest on uh, a few weeks ago and at their day camp they do a graffiti uh specialty day camp apparently it's it's very popular and this surprised both Chris and I. I was like, what? So I guess not just in uh, Georgia, but also in California, it's popular. Oh, I, I think it's going to be popular any anywhere where there's kids uh, because it it's almost like a taboo. Like you feel like right. you're getting away with something. You know, most kids think spray paint. They think street artists. They think that kind of, you know, vandal, you know, against the grain, rebellious culture. And, you know, what's nice is that we're focusing on, you know, the artistic expression of it. So, you know, parents aren't like, whoa, you're making my kid a hooligan. And I think especially <laughs> in um, centers where there is art, you know, places like in areas like Los Angeles that we're near, where parents are very much kind of hip to that and are really um, supportive of their kids getting that opportunity to express themselves. We've had kids who bought their own spray paint cans and have come year after year being like, yeah, I've started to do this now. And they're learning how to do it responsibly, hmm. uh, which is another great, you know, boast that I think most camps who offer um, street art and graffiti like classes can express is that we're not just getting these kids spray paint cans and now they're going around and tagging things. No, they're finding those proper venues. They're finding those safe venues to express themselves because it is, it's, it's an amazing form of expression. It's, super fun. Uh, I, I think there's something to be said about using a spray paint can over kind of a brush stroke in terms of, you know, what, what energy is being put towards that and what's being released when you are being creative with that medium. Cool. Now these are one week sessions, right? Yeah. So our program runs one week at a time. We run for nine weeks in the summer. We do see a lot of kids and we do encourage kids to opt for multiple weeks. Um, some kids even stay for the whole summer, but we effectively have a cycle of specialties. So, you know, you pick your specialty for the week and you can do it again, but it means it'll kind of restart and you might right. be put into a more advanced subsection of that specialty. But effectively we see about, uh, you know, 50 to 60% of our camper population um, leave at the end of each week. Gotcha. 
And so when you have programs like the magic uh, program or the comedy program where it's very dependent on the person running it, if that person leaves, that program is essentially done, right? Not necessarily. It does. It makes it more difficult to have a curriculum that's in place that we can just hand a binder to and someone's like, got it, I can do this. Right. Um, Because, yeah, there is a very big element of someone's personality and what they're bringing to that program. And we've seen it because, you know, we score everything we do here. And when we do have those transitions, sometimes it's for the best. This year we had a new stunts director who added, you know, table flips to their curriculum, but maybe steered a little bit more away from stage, the heavy stage combat we had the year before. And, you know, so we lost something, but we gained something. And we saw that, you know, some kids really liked these new skill sets. Some kids miss some of the old elements, uh, but it does keep it fresh and it encourages people to want to go back and try things again. It's like, okay, now I'm learning from this perspective. Uh, it does mean that we try and lock in those directors earlier in our hiring season for sure. And we do have to take a lot of time. We're very particular when it comes to hunting down the next director if they can't stay. So it doesn't, it's not the end of the program. Sometimes it can be, uh, but we work diligently. And again, being near such a large population center that is one of the creative meccas of the country, it has allowed us to be a little bit more fortunate than some other programs can be. Um, when we don't get to retain a director like that. Right. I do right. hope we keep them all. So if they're listening, please come back. <laughs> so where do you find inspiration for these these programs? I mean, do you say, like, Zoltar, he, you know, he came to you and said, hey, I want to do a magic program, or is this something you're thinking, no, you know what, a magic program would be great. Let's look for somebody who can do this. Yeah, no, great question. And I don't think there's one model that we work with. Uh, So like our LARP program really started because we had a staff member who was really interested in it and started running it as an elective. You know, he started running D&D as an elective and then started running LARP as an elective and then helped develop and stayed on to be the director for the first year of it being its specialty. Uh, And that's where that was in-house. That was someone's creativity. We saw it. We fostered it. We wanted to help them make it real. And then it did. And now it's been able to be carried on. And then some of the specialties are developed in, you know, a meeting where we're talking, we look at, um, our kids do surveys, as I said, every at the end of each week. And one of the questions we ask is, you know, what of these five options would you want to do as a specialty? And we look at what's been over the past few years, the one that kids have been asking for the most. That's how we found that's how we got Ninja Warrior uh, and Circus, because a lot of kids wanted more aerial arts. A lot of kids were really interested in Ninja Warrior. And so got it. So that's what the kids are telling us they want. And then we look at what are not other people not offering and what can we offer? You know, aviation and potions and lotions are two great specialties that came from that idea of, you know, we couldn't really think of too many people who were running an aviation program. So we thought, well, if we can give it a shot, let's see what we can do. And that's where, you know, we've had specialties who run for a year and then disappear because they didn't meet our standards or we weren't able to offer the experience or hold it to the standard that we hold the rest of our programs to. Uh, So that's another area. So we've got our camper feedback and parent feedback. We've got our own research and our own ideas of how we can best use the facility and what are no, what's no one else doing and can we take a risk on it? And then we do have the ideas brought to us from our own staff and from our own alumni. Uh, so those are the three venues that we've used to, um, ex- to pursue these programs. And I think that's why so many of our new programs do take, take a hold and are able to be effective because they are, they aren't just coming from, you know, one dude in a room who just comes out being like, today we're going to fly. Uh, <laughs> instead, it gets to be, 
you know, really looking at all of those main populations that are a part of the camp community, your staff, your campers and your um, your owners. Uh, I, I want to ask, how do you survey your kids? Uh, do you give them a piece of paper and take in the dining hall or do you do it in groups? Yeah. So what we do because of the structure of our week, we uh, our campers all arrive on Sunday, leave Saturday. So there's not a single day where we don't have campers in a large capacity. And so in order to do those kind of weekly meetings with the general staff, we have what's called a fr- um, the counselor free dinner on Friday night. So Friday night, um, myself, uh, Suzanne and Hams, the directors of the camp, we take the staff, we have a meeting at the um, amphitheater and the rest of our leadership and support team are watching the kids and helping administer those surveys. So we have a pre-printed survey that they get to fill out. You know, it's got a number section where they kind of rate things on a scale. Mm-hmm. They've got their write-in answers. Uh, you know, really just collects all the information that we're looking for. You know, did they, uh, did they make a friend? Did they learn about the environment? Did they like their specialty? Who were their counselors and did they like them? And we do it so the counselors aren't there so they can feel comfortable being honest. And then we collect them all. And then myself, Hams, uh, Suzanne, and the uh, program team, we start tallying them uh, during the closing showcase uh, so that we can have those numbers ready. And then we can also highlight concerns, get those to our head counselors, and then our head counselors can try and talk to those campers or follow up with those counselors uh, before they leave the next day. So if a camper put down, like, my least favorite part of camp was being bullied, well, let's see if we can talk to that kid before they go and understand what they're referring to and how we can be proactive so that, you know, we're not just waiting for that parent to call us back two weeks later riled up because uh, they've been stewing on this for, uh, you know, a certain amount of time. So we've tried doing electronically in the past, but we found that campers were uh, less willing to write comments. And that's where we get the most feedback is when campers write their feelings, write their experiences out and let us really be proactive. Cool. Cool. That makes sense. Now, do you guys have any new programs you're planning for next summer? Not this next summer. We are, because we've added so many new ones this past summer, we're really wanting to make sure that we can now take a look at all of our programs, see if there's any that have been struggling, see if there's any that need some more revamping. So now we're at that stage where we want to kind of replicate the success of this summer before we add more to it. So you don't have any new electives either for next summer Uh, planned? We, they adapt throughout the summer. Um, we have, again, as we hire staff and they have their own traits, you know, we had a, uh, for example, we had two gentlemen a few years ago who were hired as part of our action crew. They just also happened to be fire spinners. So they were really good with poi. And so I talked to them and I set them up to do a show for opening campfire where they were fire spinning. And of course the kids saw that and they're like, that's awesome. (laughs) And so we put money towards it. We put the resources and they taught a POI elective. And now those people, those staff and those kids that they taught years ago are now teaching this generation of kids. So we really want to make sure our electives act as an opportunity for staff who have so many talents and traits. And sometimes in the camp world, we, you know, we hire them for specific tasks, but they don't get to share that talent outside of maybe their cabin. And our electives let us do that. You know, we had a counselor who came up with a new way to do live action battleship. Uh, We've had, you know, smoothies and movies. We've had Quidditch. We've had some that are established games that were 
given a pally twist and some that were just brand new and made up by counselors who wanted to try something different. And then our electives director will also try and create electives that are themed into the weekly theme. You know, if, it, if it's magic week or pirate week or superhero week, you know, we might have some special, some electives that are geared towards that specific venue. And then again, we look at our counselors and we look at our staff and see what they feel comfortable bringing to the table. So we are, we're going to do our research. We're going to see what's, you know, what's hip with the kids, if you will. We're going to see what was really popular this year. And if we want to just do more of that, or do we want to add a twist to it? Uh, there's a lot that goes into creating it, but really it's, it's something that has to be able to live and be fluid during the um, summer. You can't just create your elective schedule today and assume that it's going to be the one that'll be the best version of itself nine months from now. You can't isolate yourself like that. We've got our hits. We've got our ones that we always offer every day because we know kids love it and we you know, guarantee that kids can choose it. But it doesn't. if we just stuck with that, it would just hinder our ability to be creative and spontaneous, which I think is a big part of what helps some of the better camps out there you know, be as big as they are and get to – create that longevity of not only their program but also of their staff if they feel like the summer isn't just going to be a ro rotation uh, that it's going to have excitement it's going to have variety it's not going to let you stagnate right right so let me ask you snacks if you had unlimited resources is there like the ultimate program that you'd create it's an interesting question i think uh, i kind of have two mindsets of it you know in terms of a singular experience. I think it'd be really great with unlimited resources to create a, uh, a dynamic Indiana Jones themed uh, canopy obstacle course. So, <laughs> you know, you, you've, you've got, you know, both static and dynamic rigging. You've got the kids who are up, up in the trees and maybe you have the kids who are also on the ground and they have radios and they're communicating as like the bottom one is unlocking areas for the kids in the canopy to progress through. And they feel like, find and transport items, kind of like Robinson Crusoe's um, <laughs> treehouse kind of vibe where you've got two layers of kids having to cooperate and coordinate uh, in an adventure-based programming that leads to this, you know, El Dorado-style treasure. I mean, it would also be great just to have, um, like, a wipeout course. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, you know, partner with Nickelodeon and get all of those Double Dare, Guts, Legends of the Hidden Temple. <laughs> that would be um, awesome. Kind of areas. That would be great. Now, in a long-term sense... I think it would be great to be able to have a program where it's feasible, where you've got a progression where your juniors do overnight trips and then your teenage kids do more of like a week-long adventure program and it culminates in an actual uh, outreach program where like your 16, 17, and even like maybe 18-year-old campers and staff go to regions of the world and help provide like Habitat for Humanity um, style programs, you know, helping rebuild towns, helping provide care and aid to areas that are struggling, you know, really help develop and foster and build that sense of uh, community and global camaraderie uh, that I think camps like to talk about a lot, but we don't always have the funds or the means to expose kids to the real feelings of giving back to one's community and stepping into a leadership role. Uh, and now again, that's more of a you know, multi-year program that would be great to run where like, Again, like your teenage kids are given, you know, three days at camp to plan, 
the logistics alongside their counselors of a Yosemite trip, of a whitewater rafting trip, and then they have to implement their plan. So if something goes wrong, they get to grow from that and realize, okay, so this is where we messed up in our planning, or this is how I take ownership when I make mistakes. These skills that kids don't get exposure to, and camps through being a practice community offer that exposure, uh, but I think there can be more. Uh, So that would be kind of the other more lofty long-term goal that would be great to have resources towards, but uh, until then, I'll settle for the Indiana Jones obstacle course wipeout adventure. Uh, I've always wanted, personally, I've always wanted to put together a Goonies style adventure where they go yeah. underneath, you know, the ground and then they had to do a few things to get through and then they end in a big slide down to a pirate ship. It'd be cool. Yeah. And that's just it. Like that would be amazing. It's to have the, that, that, the props required and to have this, you know, guaranteed, you know, 50 staff you'd need to run it. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that's, you know, maybe even just settling for Legends of the Hidden Temple would be a cool um, oh, for uh, sure. venue for sure. But yeah, I think I think everyone and I think mainly especially your those younger kids who are coming to camp, they they want adventure and they don't they don't sometimes know what an adventure really is and what it can be. You know, we can't assume what a kid's standard or criteria is. You know, just being away from home can be a, a mind blowing adventure oh, for, for kids sure. sometimes. Uh, let alone trying a, a vegetable in the camp line. Mm-hmm. So uh, will you be attending any, you know, I know you did workshops at the spring leadership conference. Will you be doing anything or attending any conferences uh, before next summer? Yeah. So uh, I'll be doing the spring leadership conference in Southern California uh, and Hawaii group again. Uh, I've also submitted my proposals for the nationals. So I'll be going to nationals and I'm hoping to be able to present on a few topics uh, while there. The main topics I want to touch on is uh, helping create a career. Uh, uh, the workshops I try to lead are meant to be ones that you can replicate during your training season. Uh, I think a lot of times, you know, I'm not a PowerPoint presenter guy person. I'm not someone who talks about the broad spectrum stuff. Uh, I, I attach it to it, but I like to talk about specific goals and give people active and engaging workshops to actually do them as a group. And then it's like, you can literally copy and paste this thing we just did all together into your training, adapt it to your goals, of course, make changes, make it better. Uh, I think camp is all about positive stealing. You know, we all learn from each other. We all take the ideas that we get from each other and then we put our own spin on it. And that's how it gets to really continue to evolve and we continue to get better and better at things. So the the workshops I'm hoping to lead is one is on inclusion for international campers and how to create settings uh, that are inclusive, supportive for both staff to understand how to work with international campers and to create environments within your cabin and group settings for welcoming campers who are international or even just come from different backgrounds. We talk a lot about the diversity within just neighborhoods. It's not just this kid comes from a different country and those are the only differences that happen in camps. Every kid has a different background. So we're going to talk about, we're going to do an interactive workshop that really helps showcase that idea. And it's one that I've done during our training for a couple of years now with, um, I would say, success. And then the other one I hope to lead is talking about giving instructions to your middle management staff and helping your, maybe your new support staff, your new leadership team understand uh, some of the pitfalls that are made when people try to give instructions and how many times do you know, you see something that's getting done, you're like, that's not how I told you to do it, and you're frustrated, but are you frustrated because of the outcome? Or when you look back, how clear were your instructions? How were your goals set? And are you 
uh, part of a pattern that doesn't realize like how come people don't do things I say every time. Oh, maybe I'm not telling people how to do it right or maybe I'm not engaging with them in the correct way or maybe I'm not following through or setting the tone of how to ask for help properly within the camp setting. So those are the two main areas I'm hoping to lead on uh, at nationals. And uh, yeah, I try to make sure it's always engaging, always active. I don't like, again, the sit down seats. Uh, I know sometimes I've gone to conferences and I've gone to um, uh, great workshops, but I've kind of like, I kind of can't, I'm coming to a camp workshop. I'm not trying to go to a, you know, just a, a businessman. Setting, if that <laughs> right. makes sense. And there's a place for that. And the camp is a business. I get that. And there's value. And I learn from those workshops, but I know that's not my style. And that's not the audience I'm trying to engage with. I'm trying to engage with people who are ready to be active, ready to share. And I really think it also helps break down the, um, the fear of some of those conferences. I remember my first time going to a camp conference and I was just intimidated because I assumed everyone was a director with 40 years experience and I, I, I shouldn't say anything because everyone knows more than I do. Uh, and I realized that, that was that was dumb on my part. That was foolish. That it's, it's an environment for sharing and you can't – everyone who's at any of those conferences all has the same goal. We're trying to become better child care professionals. We're trying to make the world a better place for kids through uh, intentional uh, and care-driven programming. And that, that shouldn't be something that intimidates someone. Everyone there is there because they deserve to be there, because they're professionals in the industry, and because we have something to offer to this community. Yeah. How, uh, how can people reach you? Uh, so the best way to reach me is honestly email and phone. I don't have much of a social media presence despite what my family tries to get me to, into. Uh, but you can reach me at my email, which is uh, assistantdirector at pallyadventures.com. Uh, and then I have another email, but it's my last name. I'm not going to spell that out. It just takes too long. <laughs> right. I know we're already over time. So I think we're good. Yeah, those, those are the best ways to reach me is via phone and email for sure. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you spending the time to uh, kind of go over all these programs that Pally is doing and, and kind of your philosophy on camp in general. It was my pleasure, Kurt, and I really do appreciate you having me on your podcast. And I love uh, what you're doing here and helping spread the message of camp and the different ways that other camps are doing things in an accessible format. Like I said, it's it's how I think camps become better is by learning from other programs. Uh, it's the way we avoid stagnation and lets us evolve and grow with the evolving and growing population of our campers. Couldn't agree more. All right. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Garrett. Have a good one. You too. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview. If you'd like to know more about PallyCamp, you can find a link to their website at our show notes. And all of our show notes for each episode are at summercamppro.com. I also want to remind you that Summer Camp Con, the only online conference for summer camp professionals, is only three weeks away. Definitely don't want to miss it. We have a great lineup of presenters and sessions, and it's going to be awesome. Just go to summercampcon.com to get more information and to register. So I guess it's up to me to say Chris's favorite phrase from around the campfire. This is Kurt wishing Chris was here. We'll talk to you next week.